I think that's exactly what guys right now in my stage of life, my season of life, whether you have young kids, whether you're just trying to, you're in that weird spot where you're just trying to figure out what your career even looks like or how you're going to contribute to the world. All of that can really bring in a lot of anxiety. Like I've shared recently on a different podcast episode, how very recently over the past year, I've gone through some struggles and difficulty and was really like down on myself, shaming myself, like really harsh towards myself. And Elizabeth and I walked through this together, but that question was exactly what Elizabeth asked me. And I answered it exactly what you said. She said, okay, so in this situation, you're really struggling, but what would Chris in five years tell you? And I'd say, he would tell me it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. It's going to work out. It's going to be okay. And so I think that's just, that's a message that people need to hear. It's going to be okay, especially as we are just walking in faith, especially as we are just like submitting to the fact that it's not all in our control. There's a dependence aspect of this mm-hmm. whole thing, right? Dependence and faith and just being able to know that it's going to be okay. Welcome to the Legacy Lab, where we're all about building a lasting impact one day and one moment at a time. I'm your host, Chris Servin, and each week we have helpful conversations that'll help you craft your own legacy. So let's dive into today's episode as we make an impact on this world together. Welcome back to the Legacy Lab podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Like just you pushing play says you at least trust me a little bit with your time and with your attention, which is your most valuable asset that you have. Today is going to be such a special treat. This is going to be the first interview that is posted on my podcast. And I picked this person for a very specific reason of why I wanted to be my first interview. Okay, so here we go. Today we have Dr. Robert Compier. Okay. So he's in my phone is Dr. Rob. Okay. And and why why he's the very first person is that Dr. Robert Compier was actually my first real boss. Like he was my first real boss. We've served together in ministry a long time ago. And the, the craziest thing about it is that I got hired to work at this church at 20 years old. And I look back now and I'm like, what in the world? How did any church hire me? How did any person, any one person stick their neck out that far for me to bring me to be able to serve and on staff? And the beautiful thing about it is that I also look back and I was like, I never one minute, never for one minute felt like I was being looked down upon or that I was being looked at as like some young punk kid, even though I was. Robert always just brought me under his arm and brought me under his wing and was so patient with me, was so compassionate and loving towards me, was such a great, great mentor. And so it just made sense for him to be the very first person that I bring in as we're talking about legacy and as we're talking about crafting and building a legacy that matters. Because... He has done it in so many ways in his life. He has kids. We're going to talk about that in a second. His ministry that he's currently in, but specifically in my life, he's been such an impactful mentor that he has crafted a legacy just by the investment that he made in my life. Because of the things that he invested in my life, other people are seeing the fruit of it even today because of his investment and his love towards me as a friend, mentor, and leader in my life. So, We have Robert Comp here here today. Thank you so much for being here. 
It's really good. I'm thrilled to, to do this. When you reached out to me, I was telling you, I had just been thinking about you not long before that. Like a week ago, I was like, man, I wonder how Chris is doing. Yeah. I wonder how Elizabeth's doing. I wonder how everything is going. And so I'm excited to just talk about it and get a perspective on your life, where you're at. I'm really excited to hear that. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned that you uh, were, were hired when you were 20 and we were really sticking our neck out. It was an easy hire. I remember the very time that, that I met you and Elizabeth, it was at some event, maybe a homeschool event, I can't remember. And when you think about somebody fitting into a ministry position, there's more than just, hey, do they have the right education at this point? It's the overall tone of their life. And that's what I got from you was the overall tone of your life was one dedicated to Christ. You were on mission for him. You wanted to make a difference in his kingdom. And you were talented as well. You, you had lots of good skills that you want to bring in to a church when you're going to have someone relate to young people and also lead music. And so it was a totally easy hire. Oh man, I appreciate that. That was just, it was so fun. Like it really was. Yep. I look back to those days together with such fondness, with such fondness. So as we, as we get started on this conversation, I would like you just to give us maybe like a 40, 50,000 foot view of who you are, like your family, what you do, those types of things. Yeah, God has absolutely blessed me. I am where I am today because of God's blessing on my life. I uh, never thought I would be where I am today. And by that, actually, Chris, today is our 31st anniversary. No way. And, uh, and my, yep. And we have plans to celebrate. We're still going to celebrate. Our life's different now. We typically take our trip or big celebrations anytime in June. Uh, so that's why I'm still here today doing this on the anniversary. But to be married to her for 31 years, absolute blessing. Uh, never could have imagined wow. such a wonderful lady. And then the kids we have, all of them are just rock stars. And I mean that in the best sense. They're all just doing really well. God bless them. They are passionate uh, to one degree or another, some further along than others, but they're all really passionate about doing the right thing, about living for Christ. And so if you, if you don't look at any, in my life in anything else, that's a win for me. So really happy about that. God called me into the ministry a long time ago, and I accepted the call. I pastored for about 20 years, and, and then about mid-30s, God said, hey, I want you to go do maybe some military chaplaincy. And so I've been doing that for about 12 years now. And I, I've always defined my life like this. There are other people with all kinds of talents that have the big combines that take the big swaths and harvest the big wheat, but they miss the ends and a little bit here and there, and that's what I am. I go and I get all the little ends that just no one else can get or that other people can't find. And I, I try to glorify God and by making connections with people that might otherwise be overlooked, that maybe they their life didn't fit that big, broad uh, ministry that other people have. And just in a nutshell, that's what I do. And just totally incredibly blessed. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. And I think like... This podcast, this episode in particular, is going to be so helpful because that's where most people find themselves, right? Most people aren't the people that have millions of followers on Instagram and that are preaching in front of thousands of people every single weekend and just have grown a million dollar business and things like that. Most people are those that are, are just showing up in their day to day. And so what we want to do here is just like to make it meaningful, to be able to see that that wherever it is that God has called you, wherever that assignment is that you're currently in, your assignment has changed a bit through like vocational ministry in a church mm -hmm. and then vocational ministry to for the government, like for the United States government, serving those men and women in, in the Air Force. And so that's so huge. But all of that being that your current assignment is to show up in just to be faithful 
in the small things, in that day to day. And so thank you so much for sharing that about your family and about your work for sure. I can already, I was going to ask you what gets you fired up and excited, but you already answered that. <laughs> it's so clear that what gets you excited is just to, to serve people, to show up. And you're just like the model of consistency, right? Like you just continue to show up every single time we, we chat as you're still just like plugging away and just move. You've moved all over the country, right? Because of your job, but in every single station, every single place, you've been able to, to minister to people that are then being launched out all over the world. And so yep. that's where, again, you, I see that common thread of like, you were able to mentor me and then I'm sent out and then you're able to mentor other people that come into your life and being sent out. And so I just want to honor you and just your ministry, man. You're well, thanks. I appreciate that. So how would you define the word legacy? So someone says, what do you mean legacy? What is that? Lily, let me quick back up real quick and say, since yeah. I mentioned I'm a military chaplain, since you defined it as an Air Force chaplain, great work, love what I do. I probably don't need to say this, but I'm going to say it. My views are my own. Yes. I don't speak for the military today, right? Okay. Legacy to me is what you leave behind. Yes. It, it, it's what you leave for other people. It's, it's work you do now that you may or may not see the fruits of now. You probably will see some now, but you may not see all of them now. But whatever your work does now, however you contribute now, you, you leave something for others. You, you impact their life. You help them out in a big or small way. And then others are going to be able to like benefit from that, be blessed by that. And so that's what I see as a legacy. There's obviously the financial things that people typically think about. Um, when I think of legacy, I think of much broader than that. It's, it's who you are as a person. It's the kind of people that you influence. It's the kids that come behind you and the grandkids that come behind you. It's the, it's the people that you meet that you'll only meet a few months or a few years. And in some way, your life met their life at a particular place. And you had a degree of influence on their life. And you leave them something that they can then take and leave someone else. Yeah, I, I love that. One thing that as we're talking about legacy that I would love to to talk about. So one thing I can remember with our time that we spent together is that you had like a fondness for your parents. Like that was just one thing that, that really mm -hmm. just, that really impacted me. Just the way that you spoke about your parents, the way that you were able to attribute things in your life to them and things like that. And so looking back over your childhood and that time, was there like any kind of specific things that you can remember? Maybe like some traditions or rituals or things like that really impacted the way that you showed up as you were able to raise your children and your job and, and things like that. Yeah, thanks for bringing them into this. And by the way, dad's 92. Yeah, still going, awesome. still loves the Lord. He just stopped teaching Sunday school not long ago. Wow. Like the last 18 months probably. I think he was 90 and still teaching. Mom is seven years younger and she is as busy as can be. She's really active. So both are, are still really going. They were just good, solid people. Dad spent his life, he gave, he gave his life to the ministry. He gave his life to preaching. Mom gave her life to raising us kids. There were four of us. And they were models in so many things that, that they never talked about. They were doing wise planning back then that was just how they thought it ought to be done. And the simple things like money and the simple things like time management and the simple things like making sure that, that they spent time with us, making sure that we ate well and had, to, had a good diet. All those things were very simple and they didn't go overboard. A one-income family raising four kids, but they were just, that never got in the way of, of what they did and how they lived their life and how they pursued their life. And so it, it was just a really good life that I, where I saw people uh, live for the Lord. And at the time, I didn't think about it. The older I got, the more I thought about it. I was like, wow, they were really faithful. 
And so yeah. I think that is more than anything else is just carried over to my life. Yeah, I, I asked that question simply because it even pushes us forward with where we are right now, right? Like whether, like in my context, like I have all of my kids still in my household, your context, your kids, like you were saying, are scattered, right? But you still have some influence over them in, in some ways. And then, like I said, brings meaning to those moments, those small moments where you're like, is this really making a difference? Or is this consistency of, of showing up? How is that actually going to play out in their lives? Because that's as parents, just seeing it as stewards, like we have them for a period of time, right? And their gifts, we've been given them for a period of time. And so just stewarding that time that we have well, and it, it yeah, it can be like the big fun thing. That's one thing that, that you impacted me in greatly is you're a fun dad. You are a fun dad. And so um, like, how can I bring the fun to it? Sure. There's like those moments that like those those core memories that they're going to remember back on. But then there's also like that, that daily plugging away of inviting people into your home and loving them well, or like helping the person that you see in need, whatever it is that you may not think that they're going to know, or they might not even remember now, like you were saying, but down the road, it's going to make an mm -hmm. impact for sure, which is legacy, right? Is It's living longer than this moment, right? It's impacting yeah. on into the future for yeah. sure. Yeah, one thing that I'm reminded of is when you think about legacy, a lot of my answer was derived from maybe coming from me. But as you were talking, and this is, I've thought about this so many times. The reason that I joined the Air Force, a funny story, I was happy. I was fulfilled preaching God's word where I was at. And God brought this up and I kicked it back and said, nah, I don't think so. I don't think that's really what you want, God. But if you want, I'll ask Ann. So I remember thinking, okay, it's so done. This is going to be one and done and we're going to keep on pastoring. And I went and I mentioned it to Ann. I was like, hey, Ann, what do you think about us becoming a military chaplain? Instantly, she said, yep, do it. She said, it sounds great. And the reason I say that is because Ann's ministry, there is no ministry as a chaplain wife. There is a ministry as a pastor's wife. There's these, these things that are unstated that a pastor's wife does, but there's not for a chaplain. But she has had so much impact on so many people that she's come across with in the past 12 years. From our very first base, it's just like all the wives we're raising kids all around us. And they looked to Anne. She was a natural leader. She was someone that, that they sought. She led ladies Bible studies and she mentored them in, in parenting. And she still keeps up with those people. All along the way, I've seen God use her in such an incredible way. Just from someone who, you know, maybe out of a whim, she said, yeah, do it. Yeah. And wow, God has just really, so sometimes I think about our calling in the military and I think maybe it was for Anne for her to have the impact she's having. And mm. that very well could have been wow. the case. Wow. Yeah. And th that's huge because like in my own personal life, I was in vocational ministry, ordained, serving in churches, that type of thing. And then I transitioned to where I wasn't doing that anymore. And so I wrestled with that a bit. Have I been demoted? Do I have a lower calling now <laughs> or, or that kind of thing? And how we're still called, right? We're still called to serve people. Sure. We honor our pastors, our elders, those that are doing vocational work. But at the same time, we can flex that calling in a bunch of different ways, right? So while Anne didn't have the title of pastor's wife or whatever, she was still like flexing her calling in so many ways. And so that's so encouraging to hear about her just making an impact through those Bible studies, through those moms. And that's, I've never thought of it that way that you could be possibly called to the Air Force so that your wife could minister in those other contexts. Yeah. yeah. 
And, and there's even like a follow-up to that now. So now that she's taken a, a role, she works for a nonprofit that helps mm-hmm. uh, kids uh, who come from really bad environments. Yes. And I, I just look now at what she's been doing over the past five years with that. And she and I would both tell you, we're not for the Air Force. We're not for God calling us here. She would not be doing that. And so anyway, I don't want to double down too much on that. My wife's great. Let's just admit, I admit that and go on if we need to. I, I could talk about her for the entire episode. God has used her in so many ways. And just in not only in what she did voluntarily, but what she does now in a much more leadership role is just incredible. And just like a side tangent on that even is that I find so many times we wrestle so hard with decisions. Is, is this what, what is supposed to happen? Am I, is like some big life decision, because that was big, like to leave where you were at and to then go into the, the chaplaincy, that's a big decision. And so a lot of times we can say, unless it's like clear as can be, God writes it in the sky, or it's like in the mirror or something like that. But a lot of times like those things are there and then we do walk out in faith and then we do take that next step. And there's so many steps afterwards that, that are opened up just because of that. Yes. And yes, in a way that, that it may not have been like, I 100% know, like it was a burning bush type thing, but that God is going to still use that moment. Does that make sense? Because you said Absolutely. yes there, you're, yep. you're now where Anne is now. And now you are yep. where you are currently in this context. And it was because of a cascade of things that happened because of a, of a yes, yep. right? And so- yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned, you brought up a very interesting point that I have thought through even recently and have changed my view upon. If you would have asked me a long time ago, what are you trying to do, Rob? I would have said, I'm trying to find God's will for my life. When I was asking Anne's hand in marriage, is, it, is she the right one? When I was picking a college, is, she, is this the right college? Go to the right seminary, do the right thing. And I, and I thought there was just one thing that I had to find. Yeah. And that was so hard. And it was, you spend time and time again in prayer and figuring that out. And all that's good. But yeah, because what if you get it wrong? Because what, what if you get, get it wrong? wrong? Right? Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, what if you get it wrong? And then this whole yeah. man, how many years do I got to backtrack to fix this decision, right? Correct. Yeah. But I don't think that way anymore. I just, it, it's just become a little bit more clear to me that while true, God does have Jonah that he wants to go to Nineveh and he's going to make sure you go to Nineveh. Yeah. Like that's going to happen. And if, if that's God's one plan for your life, he's going to make it happen. But I think generally speaking, there's so many options before us and we just gravitate towards them and we take them and God uses it and God blesses. And it, that's the cool thing about God is that he uses us in so many different unique situations. And I, I even tell people now, I, I get a lot of young people that will come my direction and say, hey, what do I think about this? Or what about this decision? And oftentimes I'll say, look, both those look good to me. I don't know if there's a bad decision there. And choose the one that you think might be right. And I don't think you're going to mess it up. God's going to be directing you the whole way. Yeah, because, and and the truth is a lot of times, if we're waiting on that super clear direction, then we just sit in inactivity, like we are paralyzed in it. And there's moments where we could have been used when we're just sitting there rather than just making a decision. So with that idea of in the past, you were, is this the right decision? Is this the right decision? That kind of thing. And then now just knowing that, like just being, firm in, in your purpose, which is love God and love people, being firm in your calling, which is like to articulate God's word, to be able to lead others and to be able to love them. And then your different assignments throughout your life. This is a fun question. If you could go back in a time machine. All right. Mm-hmm. So we're in this alternate reality and time machine. You could go talk to Robert 15 or 20 years ago. Okay. So kids are super young. You're still in the past for it. Those types of things. What would you tell him? What would you tell him? 
it now it doesn't necessarily have to be like a regretful thing like you shouldn't have done yeah. this or you should do yeah. this maybe it's just from experience like your experience today maybe you were comforting to him maybe you were encouraging to him what would you go back and what would you tell him i think i'd have to first section off and say i'm not going to i'm i'm not going to worry about all the bad decisions i've made because that's going to happen anyway i'm not going to yeah. go back and try to get anyone saying i am who i am today because of decisions i've made consequences that have come my way God, God used all those things in, in, a, in a redeeming way in my life. And so those have all been really good. It's not like I would go back and just change to have a, a, a new different reality today. I couldn't, like I said earlier, I, I've been totally blessed. I sure. think I would, it would be more of tell myself it's going to be okay. Jesus was so right when he said, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Wow. And there was a degree of anxiousness. Am I going to do the right things now that are going to lead to the right things later? And I was worried about that. And God had it all under control. And if, if, if you were to ask me like, hey, tell me the 10 biggest things that have happened in the last 10 years, all of them are God things that would mm. never happen any other way. And so God's going to make God things happen. No matter where you are or what you're doing, you mentioned in your life, God called you to the ministry, you're ordained and had a lot of opportunities with that, but he's called you to something else. And so there's this overall momentum that the Christian church, that we all work together for God's kingdom. And I, I think that's what I would say is, to myself is it's going to be okay. Pursue God, pursue him, love your family, love your kids. Just do the normal things that my dad taught me and that most good parents teach their kids. I know that's a, a, a blase answer, right? I don't think but, so at all. But I, I think that's, I think those simple things can really make, make a huge difference. I agree. I don't think that's a blase answer at all. I think that's exactly what guys right now in my stage of life, my season of life, whether you have young kids, whether you're just trying to, you're in that weird spot where you're just trying to figure out what your career even looks like or how you're going to contribute to the world. All of that can really bring in a lot of anxiety. Like I've shared recently on a different podcast episode, how very recently over the past year, I've gone through some struggles and difficulty and was really like down on myself, shaming myself, like really like harsh towards myself. And Elizabeth and I walked through this together, but that this that question was exactly what Elizabeth asked me, and I I answered it exactly what you said. She said, "Okay, so in this situation, you're really struggling, but what would Chris in five years tell you?" And I'd say he would tell me it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. It's going to work out. It's going to be okay. And so I think that's just that's a message that people need to hear. It's going to be okay, especially as we are just walking in faith, especially as we are just like submitting to the fact that it's not all in our control. There's a dependence aspect of this mm -hmm. whole thing, right? Dependence and faith and just being able to know that it's going to be okay. And so I love yep. that answer. Thank you so much yep. for sharing that. So another thing that you really impacted me in, I was always in the back of my head, was you ran a lot, whatever we were, and you might still do it. That's what I'm going to ask you in a second. I, but it took me a long time. Like when we were together, I was like, I can't run that far. That's too far. I'm a sprinter. I'm a sprinter. I can never do that. And so I can remember like you would literally run so much that you had to get new shoes because like you would run the yep. mileage out of, you know, like it's like replacing tires. And so yep. I was like, how in the world does that happen? And eventually I, I started running some longer distance over like the past couple of years. I'm like, okay, this is what he was talking about. This is nice. This is sweet. What does it currently look like for you? whether it's physically, spiritually, mentally, whatever it is, what does it currently look like for you to invest in yourself? I still run. 
running yeah. is just something that is just really important to me. It's not my religion. I can miss. I, I don't, it's not anything like that, but I really feel good when I'm running and not just at the time when I'm running, just in general, I, I feel better. I've cut my mileage way back. Now, when you get older, you have to like, I, it's so many, it's interesting. When I was running in the younger years, I was, my, my natural stride was long strides and I just would naturally run faster. And the older I got, the less I liked that. So I was like, I can either be miserable running fast paces or I can cut my pace, cut my stride yeah. and just be an old guy that runs. And so that's what I did. And so that I do that, really enjoy that. And I go early mornings for me get up even at the crack of dawn here in Arizona mm. in the summertime. The next three months, I guarantee you if I'm running, it's 5.30 in the morning or 6 because yeah. that's the only time that's even remotely cool enough to run. <laughs> so for me, that's really important. When I don't run, I, say I, I can tell a difference. It helps. Even interestingly enough, uh, Chris, it when I was preaching a lot, it helped the way that I voiced my messages. It, mm. it gave me that extra capacity. And when I would go and, and have maybe five, well, maybe four or five, 10 miles a month, it went out up to that capacity and then lots of four and six, seven milers. That really gave me the lung capacity that I needed to speak better. And I can really tell the difference. So there's a lot of things that were tied into that. And now, so it's, it's running. I do planks, I do push-ups, and I do stretches. And it's not a long, I can do all that in less than an hour. Yeah. And so it's not tight, labor intensive. So that's not the most important thing, but that's the most important physical thing that I do. Try to right. you know eat well. But the more you run, sometimes you can cheat on that and not eat so well and get away with it. Obviously, spiritual prayer is important to me. Reading scripture, I read the Bible through every year. And I try to read and just think through text, think through issues. What's my view on this particular issue? If there's an issue in my church, maybe broad, broadly speaking, if there's an issue in my church, let me really rethink that. Let me make sure that I've really analyzed scripture on that, not just what people tell me. Let me make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. All those things go in. If, if I stop doing those things, I notice. If, yeah. if I stop reading my Bible, I notice. If I stop praying, I notice. If I stop being proactive and asking God to point out things in my life that need work, I notice. And even the physical, I'll obviously notice those things as well. Yeah. I asked that question because I think it's important for us to just think through those. And I love what you said about how you can Physically and spiritually, you can tell the difference when you don't do those things because mm -hmm. so often those are the first things to go. That was mm -hmm. one thing that I really had a respect for you is you had a lot of young kids and you were still investing in yourself physically. And so a lot of times it's easy to focus on the business or easy to focus on like the kids at home or like we all have a finite amount of time. We only have 24 hours in a day. And I love the fact that you're talking about, you just fit it in when you can, but it's important enough that you fit it in, right? It's, it's not so much so that you're just like, if it happens, it happens because we both know if, if, if you just said it, it won't happen, it ain't yeah. going to happen. And so that's why it's really important to know those things, know those inputs that are going to be able to help you with your outputs, right? Mm -hmm. Because your output yeah. is going to be very negatively affected if we're not putting the right input. So whether that is the movement, whether that is the food, whether that is the Bible reading, whether it is the prayer, whether it is the journaling, whether it is those things that we're able to, to invest and input. And I love that you said, I can do all that in an hour. Like it doesn't have to be, we make it so much more than what it really has to be. We're like, oh, this is so big. This is so huge. And of course, if you're telling yourself that, 
you're not going to do it if you make it big. But if you're like, yeah. yeah, I can find time to do it. I can do it. And just like over time. And if you're able to look at, I, I know this is an audio thing, but if you look at Robert right now, he hasn't even changed. And I've in the past 20 years, probably since I think I've known him for 16 or 17 years, it looks exactly the same. Yeah. It's because he's taking care of himself. He's taking care of himself. It's just really important. We can let ourselves be, become lazy in a lot of different areas. I, I think we all know when we're fit spiritually, mentally, physically, that it makes a difference in how we are. We talked about how you've prioritized your physical health. We've talked about how you're just like, you haven't said it, but I'm going to say it. Like, you're an amazing dad. You're an amazing husband. And how you've been able to show up consistently through faithful ministry. And so a lot of times we feel like, this is why I don't really like the word balance. Because balance would be, if it's three things, it's 33, 33, 33. And that's just mm -hmm. not, you know, like, that's just not real life, right? It's just not... It's just not. And so I like the word harmony a little bit better. So it, harmony between work and business and family and taking care of myself and all those different types of things. So over the course of your life, what has been the hardest thing or the obstacle or the challenge that has made those things hard? Maybe like when you've felt out of balance a bit or when you've that everything has felt a little wonky or like you're giving a little bit like what has been the thing that's maybe led to that? I think... It wouldn't be my desire because my desire has always been to be what God wants me to be. It, it, my mm -hmm. desire has always been to be a good husband and a good father. It, it comes back on me. But mm -hmm. Those times that things have been out of balance, it's just because I've gotten out of balance because I've become lazy. It's because I let myself go in, in whatever capacity. And I think the important thing is if people can identify the source of the problem, i.e. me, if you are the source yeah. of the problem, then you're going to be able to fix the problem a whole lot easier. If I'm the problem, then I got to fix yeah. me. I, I yeah. got to really, whatever it is, I, I got to start fasting. There's been times in my life when I've just known I've been spiritually defeated and there's nothing else I can do but fast. And I've had numerous times in my life and it's been so important. Interesting about that, I, I almost never find my answer in my fast. Mm. But the cumulative effect of all those fasts are that it keeps me back on track. Wow. If, if I ever am blaming someone else, for a problem mm -hmm. in my life, yeah. then I'm not going to find a solution to fix it because it's, I, I got to wait for you to do something. Yeah. But if I take responsibility for that, and so it always comes back to me, I think. I think that's how God, God created it. Even if someone else contributes to something in my life, I'm responsible. I have to figure out how to navigate around that. I got to figure out how to, how, to, how to get over that home. And I am my own worst enemy in that respect. Yeah, I love that. Just the ownership, right? Just extreme yeah. ownership in the situation. And, and how... There's this tension between that. So I can take ownership, but then there's also like an aspect of dependence upon God, right? That you're having like while you're fasting or just in prayer and things like that. And so there is a tension between extreme ownership and me and dependence upon God. But that's the way, like figure out where that tension is. The way yep. is not the name and blame game and saying, yep. well, if only my wife this, or if only yep. my kids weren't so needy, or if only my job did this, or if only I was appreciated here, or if only, if only, if only, that's somebody, that's giving somebody else the power. And that's, yep. you're not empowered at all. Like you're just to the whim of that person and you're never going to move through it. You're, yep. you're never going to really find true harmony between all those things until you figure out that you're the one that's pulling all the levers in this world, right? That you're yep. able to say, yep. okay, I get to be the man that I want to be. I get to be the, the believer that I want to be. I get to be the dad and husband that I want to be. And so, sure, 
like they're going to be their own person. They're going to make their own decisions. But at the end of the day, the buck stops with me in my life yep. and the way that I show up in it. So I love that yep. so much. Yep. Yeah. And I think as you were saying that, I was just reminded uh, just recently, I've completed reading through Job and I was just thinking through Jeremiah 12. And I think God's answer to Job and to Jeremiah were very similar. He looked at Job and all of his problems and he said, basically, this is a rough quote, stand up like a man. I'm fixing to speak to you, Job. Put on your big shoes. And then in, yeah. in Jeremiah 12, when Jeremiah was, was complaining about, you know, this was just in the, in the lesson that I taught this past Sunday, you know, Jeremiah was complaining because people were trying to conspire against him. And God basically said, you've been running with, with people and not been doing very well. You can't even run with horses. You ain't seen nothing yet, Jeremiah. Things yeah. are going to get really yeah. tough before they get better. I think, I think God looks to us. We, we're, we're creating an image. Um, he looks to us and he says, look, rule the earth and subdue it. It's true. Yeah, we have to pray. It's, it all depends upon God. Sure. But at the same time, we can't just go watch YouTube videos and say, God, do your work. Yeah. Right? Yes. I love that. <laughs> I, sometimes I, just, I wish just, that were the case, right? Go up in videos and then say, God, go take care of that. <laughs> yes. It's an aspect that we can kill ourselves in the strategy and then we're in, in, in action, right? We're not doing the things. And so, yeah, that's, that's so strong. Yeah. You, I have to, we have to go. Here's the plan. Let's go with it. Let's move. And we can do that with compassion towards ourselves, right? Like it doesn't, mm -hmm. like that's where I think the beauty of the other side is of the dependence upon God is it's not all relying upon us. Like, yes, we get to choose to go. We get to choose to move. We get to choose to have action, but it's a continual thing. It's not like we're going to have it perfect today. It's interesting. There's a philosophy that we have across the Air Force in that you're never going to be 100% with it when you make a decision. So there's this 80, 20, 70, 30. And when you're 70 or 80% right, make your decision and then fix it later. Yes. Um, I, think that's, I think that's really important just in our everyday life. If we wait around for all the stars to align, yes. we're going to be waiting a really long time. You just get, you get the best you can. You take a stab. You move forward. And then you like figure out, okay, God, what do I need to do to make this better? Love it. That's so true. So true. So last question. I really love this question. I think that it's a little morbid sometimes, but I'm not worried about you feeling like it's morbid. So at the end, we, whenever that comes next week, when you're a hundred, whatever, I think you're probably going to live to it. You're going to be a centenarian for sure. But whenever that is, and people are gathered around and they're talking about Robert Compier, okay, whether it's at your official service when they're given the eulogy or they're just like, it's the meal afterwards and things like that. What do you want people to be saying about you at that moment? First, I want to talk about who's going to be around that episode. It's going to be the people that have been around me all along my walk in life. Yeah. Maybe Anne. I don't know if her and I talk who we would, would decide should go first. Uh, but it's, it's for sure going to be hopefully our kids, hopefully our grandkids. It's going to be those people that really mattered the most to us. And I, I just want them to say that I'm going to be a man that has faults. I'm going to be a man that does things wrong. I'm going to be a man that I don't want them to say this guy had it all together all the time. So that would just be an inauthentic life. I would have been presenting something to them that was not true. Um, I, I hope they say a couple things. Maybe it was a blessing to have him in my life. I would rather have had him than someone else. The message that he taught, the mission that he was focused on, got the gospel and God's kingdom, and the truth that he lived by, scripture, guided him well. And then they would say, look, and it guided, and it guided me because they would have embraced that. It's not, he was the greatest this, he was the greatest that. But I miss him because he was a friend to me. He was a good granddad. He was a good dad. And I say that, and I'm like, 
Wow, my daughter's in the next room. She can probably hear me talking right now. I, I've still got a lot of work to do. I've, sure. I've still got a lot of, my, my kids are still growing and I've still got to be there and interact with them and show them truth and love and grace. So there's a lot of land still to be taken between now and then. And in this stage of our life, when they're adult, when they're adult children and, and doing really good work, I've got to be there and support them and encourage them. That is, I've only thought about that once in probably the last 10 years. This <laughs> is it right here. What are yeah. people going to say when you die? Yeah. It's such a, I think like it's an important question, right? Because we don't have to leave it up to fate or leave it up to whatever. And we, we can actually control that. Just like you said, this is what I want people to say. And because of that, I still have some work to do. Like I still have some things that I want to do in my life. And that's going to mm -hmm. now, because that's what I want them to say, that's going to inform the way that I show up today. Like mm -hmm. when I have those decisions, right? Like we've talked about throughout this whole episode, when I have those decisions where I might be 70, 30, or I have those decisions where it's 60, 40 or whatever it is that, that then, because this is where I'm going at the end, yes, eternally and things like that. But then like at the impact that I'm also wanting to make on this world and in this earth, that is hopefully going to be eternal impact is those things can then inform the decisions that I'm making today. And then the way that I'm showing up consistently in my day to day, like when I'm having that call with my child, like if it's that, that I'm going to be an adult friend of my children, that means like for me personally, like I, I have a rule for myself that when my kids call me on the phone, I, I answer it. Like, doesn't matter what's going on. Like I'm going to answer the phone. Of course, if it's things like I'm going to tell them before I go into really important things, but if they call me, I'm going to answer. And what I mean by that is I want them to say at the end, my dad was always there for me when I called. And so if that's what I want them to say, then I'm going to yep. need to do that. Right. And yep. so that's really like why we're wanting to have these types of conversations. And that's why I had to have you on the call is because you're just, you're a little bit further along in your journey than I am but you're still on the journey. You're still, still you're, you're not at the end. You're still on it. You're still like, you're going to have grandkids coming and, and you're going to be able to be the, the, like just the fun grandfather. Like I said about how great of a fun dad you were. And so thank you so much for all that you shared. I think like the biggest thing that people are going to be able to take away from this is it's 100% okay to know that you're called by God to make an impact on this world. And it's also equally okay not to know with 100% certainty what that next step is. Yep. And that, that God takes care of all of that. Like it's going to be okay. Yep. He takes care of those things and that we don't, we can't even dream about what's going to happen 15, 16 years down the road, 12 years down the road for you when we say yep. yes and what life's going to look like later on and the beauty and the fullness that it's going to have. So Thank yep. you so much for Absolutely. being here. It's it been a, it's it been a such, pleasure. Yeah, it's been such a fun conversation. So if you enjoyed this episode at all, so it's super easy to share. All you need to do is on the top right corner, you can click the three dots up there and you can click copy link. And what you're going to want to do then is share it with a friend. So send them a text message, shoot it to them, say, hey, man, this is a great episode, especially if you're a father, especially if you're trying to just navigate some steps in your life, things like that. Send it to them. Sharing is caring. People, like, they're going to be so thankful that you shared this episode with them for sure. So thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you have a great day.